0: Yeah, that's perfect. There we go. We are back again for another fantastic episode of Friday Night Counterattack. And it's quite a special one because on the week where Andrew Tate, the Sigma male, has been banned from social media on the internet, I feel quite blessed by being joined by two special guests who are Sigma males in my eyes as well. It's not gay, it's not ho- it's not homo in any way. It's just how I see them. It's just, it's just it just needed to be done. So let's start off with a good introduction for both of my special guests today. Um, one of them, I had the luxury of meeting him all the way in Miami, Florida, um, realizing he only is like 25 miles away from me where I'm living at the moment. He is the host of the goat podcast, the cookie podcast, which I like to listen to when I'm normally doing my cooking. So it's quite cool to, um, get you onto our podcast finally for the first time this summer. So, um, big introduction to my friend, Lewis, uh, one of the few Northern friends I have who support Chelsea. So, uh, Lewis, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, good bro. Nice to be here finally, and uh, looking forward to uh, chopping up a bit of footy. Like uh, like Double A said before, I can talk footy all day, so we will. <laughs>
0: we will? Nah, it's going to be good. I'm looking I forward to this, that. and yeah, we're on to our second guest as well. Another um, Sigma male who I would obviously tell everyone here to listen to, and is doing big things in in the football podcasting world, and even on YouTube as well. I'm liking the content that we've got over there as well. We had the luxury of meeting in person earlier this summer as well, playing some foot golf in the Manchester Sunshine. And it was great to uh, meet your acquaintance. So everyone, thank you very much for listening to our podcast today. But make sure you do listen to uh, Lewis's podcast, uh, Cookie podcast, which I'll leave in the description. And listen to Double A's podcast, Talking Kit, also featured on um, Trafford Tunnel as well. But Double A, how are you doing today? Good to see you in a nice little Inter Milan kit. That I also oh. have as
2: well, which is good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for that intro introduction. It's uh, it's always nice when people say nice things about you, especially when sometimes you don't know how well you're doing. Obviously, people within the same space, you know, make content, make football content. When you get the nice words, it, it's brilliant. I just I just do what I love: talk football, talk football kits. But no, I, I'm happy finally to be on here with you, mate. I know that we said you know we we play foot golf, which was really really good. Uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to talking a bit of football with you guys this evening. I Can't wait.
0: Brilliant. No, I can't wait for this as well. And it's really good to go onto this podcast with two match-going football fans as well. Lewis, as um, most of you will know, from um, in Miami, we once watched into Miami versus uh, Atlanta United together as well. But he is a Chelsea uh, fan that goes to games as well. So we'll get we'll get onto Chelsea in a bit. But because the Man United game is still on a high, we need to talk about Man United with. Aaron, who was fortunate enough to go to the game, being a season ticket holder as well. Double um, A, talk to us. How was that atmosphere at Old Trafford? And what did you find special more than anything um, at Old Trafford this week?
2: Yeah, so I've been quite confident all week over, over shows I do, like, you know, I do the football content and, and other stuff. Never foul talking kit. um, and, and, and Trafford Tunnel, all those. All, all week I have said I'm com- I was confident United would win. And I said 2-1 as well. I don't normally do... Score predictions, but I was nailed down on one show, so I did say two one. I, I don't know. I think it's one of those where, um, after Brentford, United could not get any lower. Mm. You know, they were on the floor. That it couldn't get any worse, and and we was expected to get beat. I know people were with four nils, five nils to Liverpool and stuff like this. And the main reason why I think United were going to win, and I think it's. They, they need, I was one of them, but they need to really be sort of congratulated and thanked for their support is, is the Old Trafford crowd because they were unreal. Like the only time I can compare the atmosphere on Monday to any other time I've been to Old Trafford was back in the Moy season. We got beat by Liverpool and City back to back at home 3-0 and they sang throughout regardless of, of, of what was happening on the pitch. The crowd was singing We'll Never Die 20 times, Man Man United. Every song you can think of, fully supporting the team. And I knew Old Trafford would do the same, but it, it wasn't in support of the players. It's not in support of the club and how they're being run. It was It was in defiance of that. It's to show that, yes, players will come and go. Yes, owners will come and go, but we will always still be here. And as as the song goes, we will never die. And I think we've we just shown that, that it doesn't matter what mud you throw at us, United fans, uh, you know, there's a stigma about United fans, not from Manchester, uh, day trippers, you know, glory hunters, whatever. The core, the core being of a man United fan is we love that club. And no matter what they put us through, we will always be here. And I think that epitomised what what you saw on Monday. And I think it gave the players an extra 20-30% on the pitch. I think they fed off that. And from early, I think we saw that Manchester United were going to win. That that first half was unbelievable for me. And I'm, I'm just I'm I'm just glad it's Gonna hopefully kick-start our season. I'm not looking beyond that. We're not getting top four now. I'm not saying gonna challenge, but to get one over Liverpool and especially a Liverpool team that everyone, you know, claims is the best that's ever been in the Premier League. You know, certain players there. It's just amazing that we we've shown that we can play this kind of football under Ten Hag and get a result against a big team and a rival that you know put nine past us last season.
0: Yeah, it's incredible to see how it changes in just a couple of months as well. And the fact that Ten Hag has had to deal with these problems going into the season that weren't even his problems to deal with, the ownership, the dead weight that we've had at the squad for quite a while now as well, getting rid of players who don't seem to want to leave and or people can't afford their wages as well. The likes of Phil Jones, the likes of Luke Shaw, the likes of Harry Maguire on extortionate wages. But are they any better than some of the players that were on the bench? Or even like um, on Monday, Varane Martinez was a, an assured partnership and I did not seen that at Old Trafford for a good couple of years now as well. Probably probably second season Van Hal, blind and small for a bit they were a good partnership but realistically speaking it's been a while since we've had a nailed down back four for a while and I think that's been a big thing that Manchester United really needs going into the season as well having a, an, an established team but most importantly an established back four in my opinion as well. Lewis I wanted to bring you in on this as well because again looking from outside in and looking from Chelsea's perspective on Man United. I just wanted to ask you on kind of your thoughts on how you think Man United can actually go on from here as well, because there are talks of Tottenham challenging for the league, there are talks of Arsenal going for the league as well. But with Man United going into it, and I'm not getting over excited, I still think we're going to finish around sixth, fifth around that as well. What can you kind of see from the outside that you think Man United definitely need to improve on or have improved on since Ten Hag's been in um, in the in the role for manager?
1: Um okay, we'll start with what, what they could improve on. I think the goalkeeping situation is a nightmare at United, personally, from from like an outside looking in. I think Henderson's a great keeper and he's kind of been like well dicked about um really as in as in, in his United career and obviously he's smashing it at Forest at the moment and De Gea is obviously divides opinion with fan base. But I think I think that's been handled pretty poorly. I think the Ronaldo thing, if we're talking about good stuff, I think he's handled that great, to be honest with you. Because he said we don't want to lose him, even though Ronaldo is basically saying I want, I want to leave, I want to do this, I want to play at the highest possible level. And Ten Hag was like, no, we want to keep him, we want to keep him, but we don't rely on him, which I think is the, the perfect stance. Because what's he meant to say? Oh, we're getting rid of Ronaldo, and then immediately his value is half. You want to get rid of him, and then he wants to go as well. It suits nobody but the buyer. And he, so I think he's done that really well. And United. I think the the target needs to be top four. I think that's got to be the re- the realistic target because I think other than City and Liverpool, no one's challenging for the title. Forget Tottenham, forget Arsenal. Arsenal don't play a good team until October. If you look at the fixtures, mm. just just have a look. Like, it. but Arsenal or Arsenal, Spurs are Spurs, you can't change DNA, and that's how we get onto United. Like I said, I think top four is has to be the realistic thing because if you look at that squad, they've added Casimiro to it now. You're probably going to add Anthony to it because Chelsea. Are speaking to Ayat about giving them Hacking the back, so that's looking like that's going to happen. So I think they're the right things for United. I think top fours the ambition because you've got better squads in Spurs, you've got better squads in Arsenal because you've got world class players that are just a shell of themselves. And now it's ten Irish jobs to get them back. And I think he's slowly but surely putting his own little print on that team. And I think I think they'll be there or thereabouts. But I think it's David steps for United. I think that's the the thing in the past. It's been like zeros to a hundred. So I think Ten is doing the right thing. He's taking baby steps, and I think he's doing the right things. Or, well,
2: mostly anyway.
0: Yeah, definitely. Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to add to what Luke just said?
2: Um, so some parts I agree. I agree a lot with what he's saying. And I think you know the goalkeeper situation with H- with Henderson. For me, it, I don't. I don't think the problem. The problem is with, with Henderson. Is obviously he was promised a lot, and I, and I get he he was let down by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But for for me. You can't come into a club at like Manchester United after one good season at Sheffield United and then expect to be the number one. You're not number one for your country. You know, he needed to play the long game. And I, I you know, De Gea went and had a child and lost his place. Henderson pretty much stayed in um, for the rest of the season. And you know, and it worked, but he has to he has to work vice versa. He has to work the other way around. And he had COVID at the start of last season. De Gea came in and performed well, so he deserved to keep his to keep his place. The problem, the problem is, and, and it's, it's widely known, he's one of the leaks. He's one, you know, he's not happy. He's not getting game time. So he's leaking everything. And that's not got... The fans aren't going to warm to you in that case. Yes, he has a sort of a cult following within Manchester United fan, the fan base, as does De Gea. But there's those like me that don't want either of them. Like I love I loved De Gea. Don't get me wrong. He's been an absolute legend of the club. He's played for a long time. But the game... Unfortunately, has moved on. You know, you saw it with Man City with uh, Joe Hart. Pep came in straight away. He's not for. He's not for me. Yes, De Gea is giving it a go, but I think you can see the deficiencies in his game that won't won't allow him, or, or you know, is stopping him from actually being the, the type of goalkeeper that that Erik Ten Hag wants. But then again, I don't think I don't think Dean Henderson really has the mentality. He may have some of the skill set that he wants. And he probably could progress. But I don't think he has the mentality. I think he's quite weak in, in men, mentally. Because, you know, he's, he's putting stuff out in the press about us. Can't wait to play against us and, and show us. And, all. and, and you know, if you're still employed by the club, you don't say those things, do you? You say, you, you go on a positive. You say, you know, I'm looking forward to showing that I can come back and, and be um be, be the number one when I come back and show that I can do it in the Premier League for, for Nottingham Forest and stuff. But you can tell it, it's it's... Twins with a bit of yeah, I'll show you. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, it's a bit of negativity there, and he's gutted he can't play against us. This, this, and this. So, for me, I'd I'd, I'd get rid of both of them. Um, I think you know we do need to bring another keeper in, um, most definitely. And and, and with 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 what you're saying, you know, top four should should be the minimum we expect. But that, I think, that's always the case with Manchester United. You know, I I never, I never, I would never celebrate top four because I think. We should be in the Champions League with you know the biggest club in the country. Um, we should be there or thereabouts, and obviously for whatever reason, whatever's gone wrong has gone wrong. We're not off to, to a great start, but now it's on the players because the problem some of them might have, and especially the weak-minded ones, is that's the stat Monday night is now the standard because you've shown you can do it. You can show you can do it against one of the top two teams in the country, form far, far or not. So now, you, when you don't do that, we, we want to know why because. There's no excuses anymore because you've you've got behind a manager. Whether it was he's ringed the the, the two player the two big players that were missing in in the back, any a later reason. Um, we'll, we'll see on Saturday if they miss again and we get a result against Southampton. But I, I'm just excited to see where Eric Ten Hag, Ten Hag can take us now. I'm not expecting too much. There's still going to be bumps in the road. The main thing for me and the expectation for me this season really is that I just want to enjoy watching United again because it's been a long time. Since I've been able to do that, um, it, it's been a bit of a slog supporting Manchester United for a couple of years now. And I want to just be able to go, you know, watch my team and come away happy again, like I did on Monday night. And as long as I can do that, more often than not, um, we'll see where it, where it goes. But that's that's the main thing for me this season.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And many more games to come for Man United as well, coming up in September and October. And obviously, with the World Cup coming up in November, all the games will be coming thick and fast. and we'll need a plethora of players to actually be replacing every now and then. So even if we do go into the likes of Jan Sommer or Kevin Trapp as a backup keeper as well, it could be one of those situations where we had David De Gea and Andres Lindegaard rotating every now and then because they were never sure who the number one could be. And from what yeah. I've seen personally from Frankfurt, Adric Hepburn's keeper, Kevin Trapp, he isn't the best of long-range passers. It's good passing out from the back, but not as a long-range passer as well. So it's just an improvement, but not a great improvement. But I think for the, the value... 15 million pounds, I think it was posted for. That would be suitable more um, as an as an alternative and someone to actually challenge David De Gea as well. That yeah. should be good. Um, But yeah, on to Chelsea. On to why we've got Lewis onto the podcast today. So Lewis, unfortunately, was at the uh, away end at Ellen Road to watch Chelsea lose 3-0 to Leeds United. Uh, a team and a player that you've mentioned quite a lot in your podcast and you mentioned to me back in uh, Miami, Brendan Aradsen running riot. Um, against Chelsea. How did that work out for you, Lewis?
1: Yeah, he did me dirty. Me me and Brendan go way back. To be honest with you, for for a few years now, I've watched a load of MLS and I first found him playing for Philadelphia Union and he was excellent for them. And then he got a move to RB Salzburg and obviously, I I just think that he's gone from strength to strength. He's been playing in the Champions League for them as well and I thought when he signed for Leeds, it's a typical signing for the Premier who's a, a pressing midfielder who will not stop running and he does have quality on and off the ball and yeah, he's a great player and like I said, he did me dirty and so did Edward Mendy, unfortunately for me. In, the, in that game, he attempted to do a Cruyff for some reason instead of just, I'd rather him have just kicked it out for a corner personally, but now Chelsea just weren't up for it. Leeds just wanted it more and I've noticed since Patrick Bamford got injured in, I think it was opening game week, they look a much better side without him in the team. They look, they look so much better with either a false nine or playing Rodrigo through the middle because they can all run and they can all press relentlessly and they're all fast and Bamford just stifles that it reminds me of it reminds me of United back in the day when they had Zlatan they had loads of pacey people around him but they would always outrun him they'd be looking for someone to put it in the box and Zlatan would be on the edge of the box but it just reminds, it just reminds me of that and Leeds do look good at the moment and Chelsea looked very worrying in that game and it's no surprise that we're going hard for different players at the moment, for Fafana, Anthony Gordon, and we'll see what gets over the line. Hopefully both.
0: Talks of Harry Maguire as well, which could be unbelievable.
1: You can keep him. You can imagine keep him,
0: imagine if you take Maguire, I'd be like, thank you so much. Right, best
1: thing
2: we'll person. have Maguire and you can have Kepper. Then people both win. <laughs>
0: Kepper. I don't think Kepa
2: would... <laughs> Listen, I, I, I would take Kepa if we, it meant getting rid of Maguire. I will stop. your hand. Yeah, necessary <laughs> I evil, I think I it know. is. Hey, come on, go on. We can do business. I'm, I'm it, would for that. it would work, it would
0: work. But I wanted to know a bit more <laughs> from you, Lewis, in terms of how, uh, first of all, with the Mendy thing as well, sometimes it is good to just boot it away, like Nick Pope did in the game afterwards against Malachi, he just boots away, goes up for throw, it doesn't matter, you're not conceding the goal. But I wanted to kind of know from your point of view as well, how is the front three kind of working for you or not really working for you with the Sterling, Havertz and Mount uh, fluid free at the, top, at the top of your pitch for you? Because I was quite gassed about it when I saw Raheem Sterling sign for Chelsea. I thought it would be a great sign for you the way that you played under Thomas Tuchel. But is it time to change formation under um, Thomas Tuchel? Is it time to change the way that you're kind of playing? How would you kind of move forward from this? Because it's not been the best of starts for Chelsea and you kind of want to see the best out of Sterling and Mount, especially for the World Cup. That Double-A, probably not, because he doesn't support England. Um, so he's happy about it on, on two fronts. But personally, I want to see a bit more from Sterling and Mount going forward before the World Cup in But How would you kind of try and solve this issue for yourself, Lewis, for Chelsea?
1: I just think as soon as the transfer window sh- shuts for Chelsea, you'll see a much different side because we've got a lot of players that want away at the moment. Like We've already got rid of Lukaku almost immediately when Bowley come in. We got rid of Timo Werner, he's gone back to Leipzig. We're looking to get rid of Hakim Ziyech, as we alluded to earlier. And Christian Pulisic is potentially up for sale as well. And like I said, we, we are in for players. And there's a lot of players that don't want to be there. Ross Barkley, another one off the top of my head, that we're just, ho- we're just hoarding players at the moment. Nathaniel Chalabas is going to win to Milan. And Purdue is going to Spezia. So like, as soon as the window shuts, we'll actually have solidified competition for places. Because I just think it's a few mitigating factors. Like There's no competition for places. Mount still in the habits. No, they're going to start every week so there's no one to push him at the moment, because like I said, all them players I mentioned before are either away, or they want away. And then, as soon as you get a Gordon and a Bamiyang, straight away, that's competition for places. Straight away, there's two very different type of players to all the players that we've mentioned so far. And I think another factor is they need to gel. They need to gel as well, obviously. We've only played three league games. Should have been two wins against Tottenham, but like I said, I could have done a whole podcast on that. But I think Chelsea, they do look a bit blunt in attack. And to answer the formation question, I think next season you'll see probably Chelsea move to a different formation when we go really hard for a centre mid. Probably Declan Rice. He's probably the one that we'll go really hard for next window because he does look like he's available and it looks like he's going to do one more year for West Ham and then become available. And then you'll see us move because at the moment we don't have the players to move formation yet. We just don't have the numbers.
0: I'm just kind of curious of the whole Anthony Gordon thing as well because I have I predicted two years ago he'd be a big player for Everton coming forward and he was one of the big uh, reasons why they survived and they stayed in the Premier League last season as well, which is fair on him. But personally, I don't think he's good enough to play for Chelsea. Former European champions two seasons ago, the quality you have up front. He could be someone that you would build towards as well. But when I'm looking at Newcastle United at the time of speaking today, looking at Alexander Reiser, or even Jar Pedro as well, Isaac would be a much better player, in my opinion, for Chelsea to have gone for, and for someone who I think would actually offer something different than Anthony Gordon, because um, I genuinely think that Chelsea have much better play, players that they can go for. I know they've got rid of Werner, they've got rid of Lukaku, and he's still on their books as well, obviously being a loan out, but um, what about Broger? Do you reckon Broger will be given a first-team chance this season, or do you reckon he'll be another one to be loaned out, Lewis?
1: I mean, it's, it's it's up to him, really, because over the summer, he was, he was barking orders about that he should be really in this team and he should really be giving the goals, the number nine. And like Double A said before, no one has the divine right to come into any club and say, I'm playing and this is what's happening. It's just not happening. But I think that the situation with, with Gordon, I, I would like to see it because I think... Someone in Thomas Tuchel he gets the best out of young players and he's, he got monster seasons out of Usman-Bethambele and people like that for Dortmund. And if he wants him, if Tuchel wants him, then that's fine by me. You can, you can have him because he's obviously seen something where he can mould him into any type of player. Like he's only 21. You've already said he plays for England under 21. So he's no slouch. And he's probably thinking, Anthony Gordon, I want to play at the highest level and I'm going to get a fair crack at it because all these people are leaving. And it's a World Cup, year, so maybe I'll even go if I start playing well and get the team because Calum Hudson-Odoi, he's leaving as well. I forgot to mention him earlier. He's going to buy a Leverkusen. And I oh, see, really? Is he going to buy a yeah, Leverkusen? Yeah, yeah. So, he's either going on loan mm. or we're going to sell him with a buyback for Brizio, I we was saying before. So, oh, okay. But, yeah, another player who ha- hasn't done enough to really nail down a first-team place. It's been, unfortunately, riddled with injuries, but Hopefully he goes out and play some football in Germany. Hopefully we we'll see him back there. But yeah, I think again, like United baby steps for us. We're not adding to the squad. We're, we are rebuilding our squad. We lost some big players in the summer as well. Rudy could be in the biggest one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, double I just wanted to kind of ask you from an outside perspective as well about Chelsea. Where do you think they can they can go forward with this with this squad? Because you're kind of looking at it and you're kind of thinking Cuned Valley with the red card on the weekend as well. You're looking at Colour coming into the team maybe pushing out Jorginho, Kante and Kovacic further down the line as well Um, can you see this being a new rejuvenated Chelsea with some of the younger players coming through uh, into their squad and I think it's really good to see how Rhys James has been versatile but I've also said about Chelsea's players in the past even for the door I think Lewis may agree with me that versatility can sometimes be a negative thing when you're playing in so many different positions you can't hold down the place in the team or in the in the squad because you're so used to just being that extra guy the nearly guy going into every single position but I just kind of wanted to yeah. know your thoughts on Chelsea currently for the season
2: Yeah so you know b- before the season started I think I, I predicted them definitely to finish in the top four just because of who Chelsea are and they, they always seem to be there or thereabouts to find a way to get results uh, and, and really push for you know cups, titles and stuff like that I, obviously I'm not worried because I'm not a Chelsea fan but the fact they don't have a recognised number nine, that, that that top class striker who will get you them goals that other players aren't going to get, and I think that's a worry. Um, oh, oh, you know, obviously Aubameyang, I, I, I'd stay clear of Aubameyang. I think he's I think he's bad news, and you know I think he's just a, another player that Barcelona are desperate to get off the books that that's, that's on, on big wages. Uh, I know you mentioned Isaac before. I, I, that's that would would have been a great option. Um, it, it, it's strange with Chelsea and like I was surprised I was surprised Sterling went there although it is a good good sign I was surprised he went there and it's just it's just like for me looking outside in it's like they put pieces and hoping that they work uh, you know Mal gets moved about is is, is he a, a midfielder or or does he play out wide um, Havertz what is it and, and, and when is he going to fully kick on and show the talent that we all knew he had back in, in Germany. You know, is he still living off that that Champions League goal uh, in terms of reputation and, and what his output is for this team? And and, and the back line, they definitely need another centre-back. You know, please come and get Harry Maguire. I, I, a lot of fans say it. I will drive him down to London. I do not care. I will I will bring him myself. Um, but, you know, they've still, got, they've still got great, great players in that squad. And they're very capable of. when they turn up on the day, like like Lewis said, doing, we're unlucky not to win against Spurs. Um, should you know, should Spurs should have had a, a player sent off in that game um, Probably Means they go on and win and win that game. So I, I'm probably I, I don't. I, it's hard to say with with Chelsea. I think they will show up, and I think they will eventually be up there. M- maybe not. Maybe may miss out on top four. Um, it just depends on Arsenal. I think in terms of. Can their squad see it through if they have a few injuries, playing Thursday, Sunday a lot, are they are they going to be able to to stay up there um, after a good start? And United could be anywhere, to be fair. So I am I'm, I'm for them, for Chelsea fans, they need to go and get a big, a big striker that's going to be their number nine and other players can feed to score them the goals. But yeah, I think I think they'll still be there thereabouts for a big club and they always seem to get over the line when it's needed.
0: Yeah, it's true. You can't see Chelsea playing in the Europa League next season as well with the squad that they've got and the talent they've got in their manager. So it's going to be good to see how Chelsea do over the season. Again, from a little Jets' point of view, not really backing them. But I do do think they'll push Arsenal out of the top four at the end of the season, which will be good for them. Um, But no, we spoke about Spurs earlier, but I did want to speak to both of you guys. Before we speak about um, the main event of what we're talking about today, I did want to speak to you guys about Harry Kane. I did want to speak to you guys about how Um, he could be considered one of the greatest Spurs strikers of all time, probably could be one of the best Spurs players of of all time as well. And he could actually break Alan Shearer's record of being the top Premier League scorer of all time. But I wanted to kind of know from both of you as well, do you reckon he actually regrets not moving to Manchester City last season as well and actually going for that Premier League title? Because Spurs are looking strong this season. They have got Antonio Conte, who is a strong character and a strong manager. They have shown their hand in terms of, especially at the Chelsea game as well, how to really get a point, how to scrap a point, how to scrap a draw and scrap a win like they did against Wolverhampton Wanderers with Harry Kane scoring the winner. I think he's overtaking Sergio Guerra now as in the top scoring list as well. But I wanted to know from the both of you, Lewis and Double A, where do you kind of see Harry Kane in terms of Premier League all-time greats? And do you think, like I mentioned before, do you think he regrets not going to Manchester City to have that first Premier League title? Lewis, we'll start with you, if that's all right.
1: Yeah, I think you'll he'll be, he'll be gutted that that move didn't materialise because I think he did everything humanly possible to get himself there. and he even did that interview with Gary Neville where he was basically like, I'm unhappy, I want to do the X, Y and Z. But yeah, he completely disrespected Tottenham and they were just playing hardball spurs and they always are when you negotiate with them. They're not easy. Mm-hmm. And he'll be gutted, yeah, because he'll be looking at Haaland thinking that should be me. I should be playing with Foden. I should be playing with Grealish. I should be playing with Mares and all these great players, and I'm not. I am playing uh, with great players, but I'm never gonna win a Premier League. And, and in that interview
0: it's... as well, um, he uh, Gary Neville asked him if you could play one current Premier League player, who would it be? And he said Kevin De Bruyne. And he was kind of there, like that was that was literally like just give me a contract and I'll sign it. That's how much he wanted to move to Man City last summer as well, which is crazy to see. and It could be one of the biggest myths in Premier League history if Harry Kane never wins a Premier League title. Because Alan Shearer did back in the day with Blackburn Rovers as well before he moved to Newcastle. He's got got that on his record, but imagine Harry Kane going through to 34, 35. The years of regret of just playing at Tottenham and them not really improving because Tottenham is Tottenham at the end of the day. We all know how they're going to do going forward. But Double A, I just wanted to kind of ask you as well. Where can you kind of see Harry Kane moving from here? Can you see him moving forward in terms of being, obviously, club captain at Spurs if Lloris was to retire or leave? What more can Spurs kind of do to support Harry Kane in kind of getting him a trophy, let alone the Premier League title?
2: I think they may have already done it. I think they've gone and got a manager that, that could potentially get them at least a, a cup, an FA Cup, League Cup. Europa League if they, ever, if they ever get into it I think they've got the right manager for that who could see them over the line um, I think he's improved Spurs quite a lot since he's come in um, so that's that's probably his only hope now is is on on the sort of the coattails of Antonio Conte I think he's probably passed a, a move at a big club now um, the only club I could probably see him going to is Manchester United um, you know the Glazers and the board love that Big name English signing. We could very well throw money at him next summer if Ronaldo goes. When Ronaldo goes, I should say. Think so so I, I could probably see him maybe well. still coming to Manchester United. Um, but you know, uh, will United be in any better position than Spurs? He'd have to weigh that up. Um, just to go on your point about does he regret not going to um, sitter? I think it, it it'll be the biggest regret of his career if he, if he wins nothing. Uh, you know, they won the they won the Premier League last season, and again they'll they'll look to do that. Again this season, as well as the Champions League, they're going to fight on all fronts, Manchester City. So, you know, could he have done more? I mean, you can't do you can't do more than than basically begging and flirting wildly to to a to a team doing an interview with, with Gary Neville. Um You know, and 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 Spurs were right to play hardball, and it's only you know Manchester City refusing to pay what they wanted that that stopped the move. But in in the grand scheme of things, I think he'll. I don't know if he'll go... What he will probably go down as if he does beat Alan Shearer's uh, record. Similar to maybe Ruud van Nistelrooy. He'll just go down as a great goal scorer. Well, Ruud van Nistelrooy is one of the best players I've ever seen play for Manchester United. But he doesn't get talk, talked about in them terms of Premier League legends, world-class strikers, even though Manchester United fans know that he was. And I think it'll go down the same route for Harry Kane if he does uh, fail to win any any sort of major silverware for, for club or country. So, yeah, yeah he could beat the record. But will he go down as as a world-class legend? Probably not. He'll just go down as a, a very, very good Premier League goal scorer, fortune for him. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I agree. agree no, I agree 100%. 100% agree because I think I think Harry Kane's... One, I think he's too good for Spurs. I think he's their best striker and I think he's their best number 10 as well. He's a, an amazing passer of the ball, Kane. And I think that's a really underrated side to his game. And I that's think fun. going to back to what Double A said, I would snap your hand off for Harry Kane imagine Harry Kane in our team
2: yeah. imagine oh, uh, exactly Harry Kane in Chelsea he'd
1: be, he'd be a killer yeah. he would be a killer yeah. and then I just think but that's that's the impossible dream like, to get to get Harry Kane And <laughs> I can only half with him. don't know what you think of Blake because he signed that contract as well like you agreed to stay for that amount of time you took that money so yeah.
0: six years deal yeah. in 2018 wasn't it when he signed it, yeah, oh, yeah so
1: I mean you took that hmm. money so I can only half sympathise, Harry <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I think at that at that point with Poch was still there that time when he signed it, I think they were kind of riding that crest and they thought Poch is definitely going to get us something and you know it all broke down and, and back to square one. But it's like I say, he's got I think he's got the right manager now at least to get a cup. If I think if he, as soon as he gets one, he can kind of put that whole thing he's never won anything to bed. And it, I'm not saying it catapults him into that legendary status and, and he's seen, seen as that, but he can he can he can rest easy a little bit. I'm sure he'll get a little bit more a night's sleep knowing that he's got a a, tro- a medal in his trophy cabinet
0: question question for you then double a do you reckon he'll win that big trophy in qatar coming up in november december you know you
2: know what i'm going to say about that you? <laughs> you, you know, i'll ask you, you know about my, this as well you you know my answer to that um obviously supporting brazil i'm backing the boys um from south america rather than, rather than england. but you know england england second third favorites i believe Second favourites. Second uh, so I far. mean, the, prob- the problem is with England and, and looking, at, looking at it from someone who doesn't really follow England the national team, really. Um, you're hindered by your manager. Southgate is not the manager to win you. He's been close, yes. Um, but I think you see by his his need for 18 million right backs in a squad, going with a back five when England have some of the best Attacking and progressive footballers in in ever really you look at you just look at that squad that's capable and if you had a manager that you know Eddie Eddie Howe or Graham Potter if they were in there you know young progressive English managers they'd have that team you see you see what they're doing at the moment you see what they did to Manchester United Brighton you've seen what how City play uh, Newcastle played against City and and that's what England needs because you don't want to waste this generation we've seen the golden generation be wasted. Do you want it to happen again with this generation? And th- at the time, it, obviously, it, it's too late now to get... Southgate's not going anywhere, and you are going to go into the World Cup with him. But, you know, it should have been in the summer, as the Moloko song goes. The time is now. You need to get rid of him and get someone in who could have won you the World Cup. But I think he may be there or thereabouts. So the weather's going to play a part, obviously. Um, and I, Yeah, I think they'll, they're going to get out of the group, I think. People are saying, oh, I can see... Wales or, or USA stopping them. They're gonna to be too good for them teams, and I think you'll get you'll get as as as, as probably quarterfinals, what you normally do. Um, same is at a push, but I would I, w- I would love to get them to the final against Brazil if if it's possible. That would be good. That the final I'd like to see, um, but no, I don't think I don't think you'll win the World Cup.
0: I thought you were gonna reference the John Cena theme tune. It's like my time is up. My time is now. You can't <laughs> see me. My time is now. <laughs> <laughs> Poor rendition, but yeah, I think that I think that's how it was going to go for Gareth Southgate. You can't see me when he gets the World Cup. It's going to happen. Uh, but no, speaking of the World Cup, this is kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about. And having Double A on, who has this Talking Kit podcast and YouTube channel as well, which is very entertaining for me to watch, mostly when I'm playing PlayStation, I need something else to keep me occupied. Um, we I kind of wanted to discuss with the both of you, it doesn't have to be the Premier League, it doesn't have to be just in Europe, but in the world, from what you've seen this summer, I need to find out what the top five best looking kits are of this season that we've seen so far. Because I know there's still new ones coming out. Everyone was gushing over the new AC Milan third kit, the one in green yesterday. But um, I know Lewis has to leave in a bit. Um, but I wanted to get this kind of in before you had to leave, Lewis. So let's discuss our top five favorite kits from this season. Because I've been a big fan of the Bayern Munich away kit in in white. I thought that was a very nice kit to go forward as well. I thought the, the Newcastle kit, as Newcastle kits go, they, weren't, they aren't great, but the away kit wasn't too bad as well. But the Man United home kit, the Man United away kit, the white one, I thought they were just fantastic to look at for the first time in ages. I even like the kit that Double um, A has in the back. My favourite one is the 19th title that he has. But those are my first impressions of kits that I've kind of enjoyed watching or looking at this season. Double um, A, you're the expert. Talk to us. What kits have you really enjoyed looking at this season?
2: I, you know, I think a lot of, it's hard. So sort of, for me, kits, kits are becoming more and more fashion accessories, and you see that. You see that interpreted in the price. And I think you know, there's a lot more templates out there. Nike, the current Nike template is getting a lot of hate. I personally like it. I think with some kits, it looks outstanding. Some, you know, sometimes you can't even tell it, tell it's a, a template. I know the Chelsea one's not got a lot of love. Um, the home one this season. I think their away kit is really quite nice, though. And he's using that, obviously, same pattern that's on the collar. I really quite like that. Uh, but if if go far, I'm not going to put him in the order. But maybe the top one hmm. is my favourite of all. But the Barcelona home shirt, I really, really love that. I love the fact they've gone back to the dark sleeves and it's got the three colours um, in, in the body of it. I think that, that's that's really quite nice. Um, the Ajax away one. I know they dropped the, the third blue one, one today, but- the blue one with mm. the subtle hints to the 90 the 89 to 91 away shirt, really really nice. Ajax and Adidas, you know, a partnership that do not miss, they, they rarely ever miss. You know, uh, you can say that about Arsenal as well uh, with Adidas, but the away one is really really nice. I, I do really love that. Um, going on the Manchester United away shirt, I think, is absolutely one of the United in white. Is, is a beautiful is, is a beautiful matchup you know and it's the, it of the back, yeah it it, it hearts back to the 97 to 99 away shirt um with, with the sharp on it i think that is is a really really beautiful shirt as well um what other shirt that so uh, second then I, I you know i would put down
0: i quite I like, like the roma home shirt that looks quite clean this season Maybe not the yeah. sponsor with Digital Bits, but it's quite clean looking at it.
2: Yeah, it, it, is quite, it is quite nice. I know another one that's getting a lot of love is the Inter uh, Away. Have you seen that one? It's sort of It's like a whitish and, and blue, like a light teal, uh, which is quite like... A, I think it's got a map on it as well. For some reason, a lot of shirts, I've got maps on them mm. um, recently, but um, that's quite nice. Um, and then my favourite shirt... Actually, no, I'm going to do... No, no, my favourite shirt this, this season, and you probably... Might not expect it, Um, and if if you're watching and listening to this now, um, it it come top on the first episode of Full Kit Rankers, which went out live on uh, Wednesday, um, 24th. It's the York City home shirt. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, The burgundy one. It's the burgundy one. It's got the York Minster um, in the base of the shirt by Puma. It's absolutely unreal. Like you know, I've listened to a podcast. It's a podcast with the designer of the, the kit, and and he talks some wonderful stuff about the inspiration behind it all. And it's an absolutely unbelievable kit for a team, obviously not in the in in the football football league. Um, it's unbelievable. It, They're a away shirt as well. I could have put in there. It's sort of um, a stripey. It's like a chocolate brown and a sort of beige color. Which you know, you talk about brown on football kits. You never think it's gonna work. It's absolutely beautiful. They've done real, really well with with their kits, York City's. It's, you know, I think their hundred year anniversary. Mm. Um, but yeah, their, their home shirt for me is the best shirt this season, without without a doubt. I love it.
0: Fantastic, Lewis. Do you have anything to add to that? Are you a fan of the Arsenal away kit that they've got with the black and the gold, um, or the, even the pink one as well? But do you have any curbs that you wanted to throw in there for your top five football kits?
1: Yeah, I was to be honest with you, um the only one that was similar which I managed to swap out now was that Arsenal shirt. To be honest with you, that, that gold one. I think it's so clean. My brother's an Arsenal fan as well, so oh, he's okay. he's expressed that he's definitely gonna buy that. And I think Arsenal and Adidas go hand in hand. Obviously, if you think yeah. talking kits back in the JVC days, Adidas original mm-hmm. think like Ian Wright, Burkham, Henry. That is when Arsenal were Arsenal, so to speak. And I'm not the biggest Nike fan. I mean, they, they are with Chelsea. I was gutted when we lost our Adidas back because I think some of those kits that we had with Adidas were so nice. But yeah, just to be honest you, yeah, I love that Arsenal one, like I said. A few of my shout-outs. I had the Venezia home shirt for this year. I think less is more with that one. It's, it's Kappa. It's just got the little V, And then it just says City of Venezia just on the front. It's very clean. Just like less is more with that one. Um, I'd say again sticking with um, some weird leagues really so Club America away shirt it's blue mm. and black it's, it's very nice I love it yeah. it's clean the only thing that ruins these Mexican shirts are they're all plastic responses all the sponsors yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it ruins every shirt because if you think if they took the Forest approach where they have not, it would look nice so man. clean do but, they yeah. still have
0: AT&T on their kit?
1: yeah they do it makes America, yeah. Home Depot as well um yeah, imagine going you into the shop buy.
0: and getting this shirt that says Home Depot on. Oh my days. It's like the Bolton <laughs> oh, yeah. shirt yesterday. That was it was like um service your car. I'm like, who wants to buy a kit oh, that says yeah. service your car? I know I'm wearing one that's yeah. Galatasa, right? We're turning up today with the car sponsors. It's crazy. Uh double A with well, Pirelli hey, as
1: well. I'm on the I'm on the car window sponsors.
0: <laughs> we're, we're representing literally just sponsors for cars now. Pirelli six and Auto. Well. Oh no, yeah. If
1: you want to get in such f one, feel free. If we were to do a partnership, it needs to be done. Definitely, it's right. Yeah, one for UAA. Brazil away shirt, the blue with the the faded green on the sleeves. I love it. I think that's so clean. And you 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 were mentioning about United in white, Brazilian blue, and Brazilian the the, obviously the gold and the green. They look classic.
2: Love those shirts. Unreal. The first picture I saw in it on Forty Headlines was a bit. Uh, I, I wasn't too sure about it, but then I've actually seen the pictures of it. It looks absolutely amazing. I think there are two two kits that are going to look really well uh, at the World Cup. Again, it's that Nike template. Not a lot of people are liking, but for me, the the the, the, the story behind it, the way that they've interpreted this story into the kits, it works beautiful. And yeah, there are definitely two that, that I'm liking that are going to get released this season, yeah.
0: Because are there many World Cup kits that have been um, launched out already? Because I know some of them have leaked, unfortunately, but uh, do you know if there's any big ones that have kind of come out? Because Colombia always turn up, Argentina always turn up, and Mexico, for me, always turn up with their kits from what I've seen. And Japan. I've got a couple of Japan kits, which are going to be quite cool to see. But um, were there any, like, curveballs that you saw that you thought, nah, it wasn't
2: for me from the World Cup kits that you've seen so far? Double A. Um. It's not. It was not. It's not for me, but it, it's it's a lot different. You know, see the the proposed England one, and it's yeah. got the the sort of the sort of reference to the ninety Euro ninety six year, hasn't it? I think. Mm. Uh, but I, I know that's that's divided opinion with a lot of people, but I, I quite like it really. I think it's it's something a bit different. I think you know just a standard white shirt that they often do. Um, you know why why not mix it up a little bit? And and that template is showing the variations you can have with different. You know you look at Liverpool's. It's just a white. It's just a red T-shirt with a Nike, and but then you've got the opposite, which is um, Barcelona's, and and then Brazil's, like we've said. But that England one's quite nice. I think Argentina have um, have released theirs, which is quite nice. Again, it's just it's just an Argentina shirt, blue it's been a dark blue right. at the top, isn't it? Like 2000. the dark, dark blue, and I think Mexico, Mexico's have released have released theirs, which looks nice. I like um, that one. Too. It's the contrast the, with the, with the of green.
0: Yeah, Difference yeah. of greens in the middle as well, which is really good yeah, to see,
2: really, really quite nice. But yeah, I think a lot of the kits I've seen for the world cup so far have been nice. There's none that I've looked at and gone, they're, they're not for me so far. So that that's that's promising to say the least.
0: Yeah, it'll be good to see when that when they will come out as well. Uh, one shout out from me as well because I mentioned a few earlier. The Fulham away kit, I'm not sure if they've played in it yet. The green one is quite nice from what I've seen. I think that's a very fashionable fashionable kit. I'm not a big fan of the PSG grey one that they played on against Lille on the weekend, but oh, I, I know like yeah, I, I know people like it, but for me, I'm like, with PSG, you want to be a bit more bold and a bit more brash in terms of what they are. And grey, I'm like, you can do so much better than grey. It's like with the IX one, the one in the off-white, the eggshell one. Not a fan oh, yeah. because I know that they can do so much better. I think it's one... just like you said as well, the high standards of some of these kits that you see, you're always expecting something really big to come out some um, yeah. of these
2: teams one one thing i have to say obviously i, I don't know if you've seen it today but they obviously kits these days you've got the stadium version and you've got the authentic version you know Nike are quite bad for this adidas similar obviously manchester United's last season you could tell hmm. differences a lot of the mls ones as well um total different kits i don't know if you've seen it today but the Bar- barcelona released their third shirt today with the sort of blue and red crosses
0: on a white um, background
2: isn't it well, yeah, but I've seen, so I've seen a picture, I don't know if it's the picture, um, but some people are saying it's not because the crest, the colours are the same. So the the authentic version is like a silver. Yeah. And then the stadium version is grey. And it, it, the differences, ah. are un- you can tell, it's two different shirts. And I think, you know, what, what, what are we doing? As manufacturers, what are they actually doing? Because you're just ripping off fans now. You know, it's, 115 pound for the for the authentic version. 140 if you want a player. You know, a lot of collectors do get players and stuff like that on their shirts. So you're looking for 140 pound, and you're gonna pay 70 pound for a shirt that's not the same as the one that the players are wearing. When it, you know, let's go back to that. Just, all you need is one shirt. You don't need these two different different variations. And eventually, you know, I I I don't really buy shirts, new shirts when they come out. Like you like you were saying, you know, you wait till the end of the season, you get them in the Staying, this is what we that, do. That, that's but what it's about I, you know i i don't want to I, you know it's time to have for everyone it, it, in the whole world never mind just this country and you know expecting fans every season to fork just out 140 out. pound yeah. 115 pound for a shirt is ridiculous and these teams like um brentford who are keeping their home shirt for two seasons you know the shirt is boring and rubbish but fair play for you to do in that and you know, I think more teams need to take this on and, and start to fight back. And, you know, it's not fair for fans to be fucking out all this money. Three, ta- three times three times a season, you know, it, it really does add up. And I think right. doing two different types of shirts as well, you just need to step back, have a look and, and start giving more back to the fans, really. yeah. That's, what,
0: that's why I loved it when I saw Lewis um, wearing his Chelsea, um, Chelsea away kit that it was today. 98 classic, I love it. Go on, Lewis, you were saying?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, my two my two favourite ones for this year, I don't know what you reckon of these double A the Italy home shirt that they've got for the World Cup. It's very classic Italy. Puma. Italy on in the World Cup. This is what we're here for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love it. The one, no, home. One, the one that would have been there. But it's, it's a gorgeous shirt. It's a shame. And then my favourite one for the whole thing is the England women's shirt. I think going back to what you said about night templates, I think that one's very clean. And I just think, why couldn't you have done that for the men's team? Because the England women's have had a much nicer shirt than we've had with Nike, in my opinion, since
2: that partnership took place. I agree. I agree. And I think England, the men's team especially, the trading shirts have been better than the actual shirts. Uh, I think you think of that one in the 2018 World Cup with a sort of blue and red sort of gradient down half of it. That was beautiful. There's been a red one as well that looked like an away shirt. Uh, But I, I do think that home shirt I mentioned that's proposed for England for the World Cup is really nice. And I think if that comes out, um, I think I think it should be okay. And I think is it a blue away shirt as well? I think they're going with. I think they're going for blue um, this time because we had yeah, blue at the blue Euros, people. which
0: was a good. I like that shirt because that was the first English short shirt I bought since I was like a kid, since like Euro yeah. two thousand four. So I quite like that blue one. Um, yeah, good. But hopefully, we'll get a, a nice little reveal sometime soon. But I agree with Lewis what he said there as well. When you're watching the Euros, then you're looking at kits done differently for the women's side as opposed to the men's side. You're kind of thinking these are a lot more clean. Sometimes they're even better to actually buy them than they are and cheaper as well because they're not in demand as much as um, the men should. So it could easily be a nice little kit to buy. And um, um, for people listening to this podcast, we did this little kit show, check it out in lockdown. Um, I w- I've told everyone who's ever been on the, as a guest, like when I buy kits, I buy it as a gift for someone. So this year I might buy one for like my niece uh, who's going to turn one in September. So that will be quite a nice. Nice little gift. So, that's what I'll be looking forward to doing. But for my kits, as Double A mentioned, buy it in June. Top tip, buy it in June, buy it in July when the season's over. You're buying something that's normally £70 for something like 25 35 I bought a River Plate kit at 35 quid plus a 10% student discount. Loving it. £3.50 off the total price, which is
2: great. But I say as well, if you do go on, on Classic Football Shirts, Talking Kit do have a discount code that you can use. So if you use Talking Kit 10, you can get 10% off. Um, I can give you the link as well. Hands are put in in the uh, description. If you do use that link, it'll take you straight to the website and it'll have the discount automatically applied. So if you like classic shirts as well, and I know they've got some new shirts. So I think they've got City's shirt from this season up there as well as a few other teams. But yeah, if you want 10% off, Talking Kit 10, it'll get you that for you, no problem.
0: See, this is what I told everyone at the beginning. We've got two Sigma males on and we've got another paid promotion there from Double A. I love it. This is what we're here for, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, just to round up the podcast today, um, I did want to speak to both of you guys. Um, we'll keep it easy. We'll talk about the Premier League. But I, first of all, I wanted to shout out ITV for showing the La Liga highlights for free. I thought that's fantastic because they've got the uh, Football League now. But Seeing La Liga on like uh, British TV is great to see and to see Robert Lewandowski turning up as well, Benzema turning up as well. It's going to be good to see more La Liga over the season because they've had on Premier Sports and obviously, obviously it's not been as accessible as ITV um, or are that enjoyable to be fair to be watching it. But hopefully we'll be able to see more from them um, this season as well. But just to round up the podcast for the both of us today uh, from Lewis and from Double A, Uh, just one player each that you're looking forward to watching this weekend. It could be someone from your own team. It could be someone in a big game that we've got coming up this weekend. But, Lewis, we'll start with you. Um, Who are you looking forward to watching this weekend um, in the upcoming Premier League uh, fixtures that we've got? If you need, I'll just copy and paste them onto the chat so you can all see. Uh,
1: There we go. No, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Raheem Sterling. Probably, Probably a bit selfish for me to say so, but I think this is the game Leicester at home. I think this is the game he scores, and I think this is the game where he probably kicks on from here. And don't say that because Leicester are rubbish. I'm don't say you. that.
0: Don't say that. I transferred him out this week as well. Goodness sake, oh, yeah. trust
1: hope. me. Trust me. This is someone asked me before about Mount saying should I stick or twist with him. I said this is the game where he stat pads a little bit.
0: <laughs> James James Madison has been stat padding in Leicester's poor form as well. So he's obviously looking for that move for Newcastle United. But Raheem he Sterling yeah he needs to go but Raheem Sterling man I don't, I don't know why I transferred him out I think it's because he was 10 million and I saw um, Leandro Trossard who I backed last week I <laughs> predicted Leandro Trossard to have a good week and what did he do? He scored he scored Leandro Trossard and I've been a big fan of him for a while and I still think he's one of those plays I say it's every other week that you're looking at these plays for like 40 million, 50 million, 60 million why is no one going for Leandro Trossard as an attacking midfielder or as, or as a winger? I think he will do a job and very impossible would it be that um that tight in terms of trying to sell him like Hucurella, just get another replacement in I think it'd be quite good to see um how he would do. Double A, who are you looking forward to watching this weekend?
2: Yeah s- similar to Lewis really I've got I've got to go for my own team. And um, there's two really but it's depending if one of them's gonna play. So after watching um him on Monday night, uh Tyrell Malasia for me, I mean what what a debut, you know Old Trafford could have swallowed him up. Um, the biggest game at Old Trafford in our calendar, you know, bigger than Man City. Uh, the Liverpool game is is the game that we all look forward to going uh, and watching. Um, there was one moment in the first half, not far from where I sit, um, and, and Salah did him. And, you know, he very well could have, with, with Juve himself, and, and just tried to play it nice and simple and had a quiet game. Or, you know, he could have gone the other way and just totally just had a nightmare. He didn't. He stood up and he, he proved why Luke Shaw's not getting back in that team for me. He was unbelievable. What what a player he is. And those last-ditch tackles, those recovery tackles, you know, strong, fast, smart on the ball as well. He was really shown. We've been missing a top-class left-back for a long, long time. And it, he's a he's a player that we all maybe thought Luke Shaw was going to be before, obviously, that horrible leg break. So he he's definitely one. But if Casemiro plays on Saturday, it has to be him. I mean we've spoken, I'm a Brazil fan and any Brazilian United by, I back him, I back Fred, even though Fred is Fred and <laughs> even Alex Tellers, again, another one, I will back him. I'm quite, I'm quite blindly loyal to Brazilian players, even ones that don't play for other teams, like I'm absolutely buzzing for Jesus to go, to go and, and play for Arsenal and be classed as a number nine and a, a main target man for, or not a target man, but you know the main focal point of the attack for, for, for a football team. So, yeah Casemiro if if he plays I'll be ecstatic to see United not only have a brilliant world class player but an actual DM as well. Like, I mean it's unbelievable to think Manchester United have signed a DM. We've not had a, a proper DM since Michael Carrick so I'll be excited for that. But they'll, they'll be mad too. But if it, if it's Casemiro Casemiro 100%.
0: Fantastic. Also, how's Graeme Souness still got a job at, at Talksport Sky Sports after that trash that you spoke this week about Casemiro? not being the top player not being a progressive passer not being a a ball playing midfielder not being a top yeah absolute rubbish from Graham Souness and this is why I don't listen to talk sport this is why you listen to the new media i.e. the cookie Podcast and talking kit shout out to both of you as well um, but <laughs> honestly i don't i don't get why people don't do their research when they're watching football it's embarrassing and it's, it's embarrassing more because they used to be in the game so more people listen to them because they're on old fashioned media and it's just it's disgusting to see because there are people who actually do their research. People will see that Casemiro is an elite progressive passer, is an elite holding midfielder that has done the job at Real Madrid for a good number of years because he has been
2: in that top quota of defensive midfielders. But sometimes agendas after agenda. And let, let's be honest, if, if any other team over the Manchester United bought Casemiro, Liverpool, uh, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, and I'm not just trying to, you know, I'm not just trying to be, you know, um, defensive. It. I think it would have been lauded. It would, it would have been seen as a shrewd signing because it's Manchester United, and I think because of what we've paid and, and and how badly the window the window's gone, it's seen as it's seen as a panic buy, which it is. Don't get me wrong. We should have bought him in June if, if he was part of the plan. He's obviously a young alternative, but it's still an amazing signing and a signing Manchester United have needed for several years now. So. You know, I, I don't worry too much about what Graham Sunis has to say. He's not someone I, I pay attention to. He's not someone I I, I appreciate or, or value his opinion. So, whatever he says, he says. And, you know, I, I'm comfortable in knowing that Manchester United have signed one of the best uh, defensive midfielders in, in world football.
0: Yeah. And one introduction, I'll try that. Must have been six. I watched him uh, with the shirt yeah. parade around uh, the pitch as well. And
2: then go handshake
0: Roy Keane, which is quite fun. Love um, this stuff. Lovely stuff indeed. Um, my prediction for this weekend, uh, I'm going to go for Gabriel Jesus. That's not my player to watch, but I think for everyone listening, we are talking a bit more about fantasy football this year on Friday Night Counter-Attack. So I've got him as my triple captain. Um, so if you're in our league as well, hopefully he scores a hat against this Fulham side. But I've been I've been quite impressed with Fulham. I've been impressed with Paulina especially and Andres Pereira, former Man United player. So one player for me to really watch out for is paulina because i've really enjoyed watching his um his start up in the premier league i thought he's been a player that i think should have been in the top six uh can, like nunez has gone to Wolves, paulina has gone to fulham these are players that won True. the league with sport in lisbon they're yeah. players that have actually done well um going in getting into their country's team as well and i genuinely yeah. think that even though you've got jorge Mendes um working with Wonderland, as he would fair enough you can get any player he wants from portugal some of these scouts in some of these top teams should have been looking at these players a long, long time ago because they've been great for years and it's going to be really good to see how um, Thomas Partey and Granit Xhaka go off against the likes of Andres Pereira um, and Paulina as well in this 5.30 kickoff game on Saturday. So I'm really looking forward to that battle and I really think Arsenal, again, like Lewis said earlier, they're not really playing a big team unless we want to count Man United. Lewis. I mean, we'll count Man United, our Double A and I, as a big team in September. But besides that, they're not playing a, a major team or having a bigger test besides Man United until October, um, which is the case as well. But that's my first one. And then second one, I'm really interested to see how West Ham United deal with being bottom of the table. Three games in, no points, just defeat, defeat, defeat. We know we got West Ham fans following our podcast and following us on social media as well. Big up to them. But um, maybe it's time to give Scamacca a start against Aston Villa. Maybe it's time for him to actually get rid of Mikael Antonio from the first team. Because I know Corne had a game in the Europa League or the Conference League, I think. And he did all right. And Skamaka scored last weekend as well. Maybe try this new way that David Moyes wants to go. I know they've signed Emerson, haven't they? Lewis as well from Chelsea. So that would be a, another good signing for them. But I really want to see Skamaka kick on in this Premier League season. And I think he's got it in him to be, to have a little bit of a dog in him as well. So to kind of turn up against these defenders. And with Aston Villa, who aren't on the hot form themselves as well, Salim, our co-host, who's on holiday um, this, these last couple of weeks, would normally be back in Aston Villa to do really well. But Aston Villa have been crap this season. And rightly so on Steven Gerrard, overrated English manager, didn't need to leave Rangers when he did. He should have stayed another season or two um, to work with them going further. And losing Michael Beal from an Aston Villa point of view has been massive for Aston Villa. They haven't got a, an assistant coach who can replace the kind of quality that he actually brings in. And yeah, so paulina's my first choice and my second choice would be skamaka if he plays but that will be it to round up that part of the podcast and just to finish off the podcast gents i just wanted to kind of give this time to you so um lewis i'll let you plug your podcast and share what you're up to this season as well double a the same for you as well because big things coming for the both of you so lewis take it
1: away yeah, well, first and foremost, nice one for having us on. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. We shouldn't uh, leave it so long next time before we do it. So This
0: is why I badger you every week to play football. I know you're busy working <laughs> and I'm busy working, but I'm like, I've got these days off. We've got to play, we've got to play. It's, got, it's going to be good when uni starts again because i get to see you, hopefully, then in Manchester a bit more.
1: Yeah, 100%. And yeah, like I said, nice one for having us on. But if you want to go and check out uh, my podcast, I do it predominantly with my two mates, Stan and Jim who are United and City fans respectively. And obviously myself being a Chelsea fan, we get on our mates who support loads of different teams in the Prem and some teams even in the Championship. So really, if you fancy something a bit different, something that's definitely not PG, I'll put that out there, it's definitely not PG. In so uh, give, a, give us a listen. yeah. If you want to follow us on our socials, it's at Cookie Podcast and i just the number one if you want to check us out.
0: Fantastic. I'll leave that in the description as well and hopefully people will be listening to you because you've had this podcast for a couple of years now as well it's been good to see how it's been growing for, for you because I've been following your journey since we met so it's been good to see how it's going to grow over the season are you going to be doing anything new this season is there anything we we should be looking up for as well because personally I'm going to say it on the podcast as well I think you should do match day vlogs for the Chelsea games that you go to because you go to quite a few of them and I think it would be quite cool to see your perspective as well I think you get good content from that
1: yeah to be, to be honest with you bro I I love getting pissed at the football so my match day vlogs so would not be would not be um, something that I'd probably regret the next day to be honest Oh with you. my days
0: imagine be, imagine be, it, be, it would not be PG shit.
1: content Oh no definitely not definitely not and uh, yeah I'd probably wake up with a hangover and then definitely some regret from from that match day vlog but yeah we we, we cover the Champions League every year so obviously we was talking off mic before the draws Thursday. Mm. And I just, as soon as that's done, we'll do some predictions and then we'll do some sort of forfeit for whoever gets the group stage wrong. And then we'll do that, therefore, to the end of the competition. So, yeah, if you like interactive games as well, we do quite a few of them. So, yeah, 100% check us out if you fancy it.
0: Fantastic, lovely stuff. And, Double uh, A, your turn. Away you go, my son.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, and one third of Talking Kit, I know it was mentioned earlier on, is three of us, myself, James and Sean. And basically we do the best football kit content on the internet. Um, YouTube is where we mainly live now because obviously it's a visual, visual content that we're bringing in. So we want you to see everything that we see. Um, and yeah, we do a main podcast. They're more, they're irregular. They're not so regular as every of everything else, but we do a main podcast we'll sit down with one person uh, maybe two people will speak about a specific subject and we have daft little features on there as well uh, we have a weekly live show um, and that's that kicked off on wednesday the 24th of, of august um, season two of full kit rankers so we sit down with the three of us and josh the kitman um or the kitsman you'll know him if you're on social media massive account in in the kit community um he's he's one of our guest hosts and we bring another person in um and we sit down and rank 10 shirts um the first episode of season 2 we had doug the co-founder of classic football shirts um and we ranked 10 anniversary shirts um so it's worth checking out we also do short videos as well i've ranked my top 10 uh, shirts in my personal collection. Also, uh, we do, you know, Premier League shirts, all that, all that kind of stuff. So we cater for everything. Um, and yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Talking kit on YouTube, as well as that, I do talk regular football, not just football kits. on never a foul uh, on one of the hosts on that YouTube channel, as well as their sister channel as well, Trafford Tunnel, which is obviously just centered around Manchester United. So yeah, I, I keep myself busy in terms of uh, content which sometimes don't go down too well with my girlfriend, um, especially after uh, having a baby not too long. But my passion, um, and and I think she appreciates that now and again. So you can find me on, like I say, Talking Kit, Trafford Tunnel, Never a Foul, that's where I'm mostly at. So yeah, just come in, say hello and get involved in the fun.
0: I still need to come on Trafford Tunnel and Never a Foul. It would be cool to get me on that this season. It would be great fun, hopefully. Yeah, man.
2: I'll 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 speak to him, mate. We'll get you on one hundred percent. Not Perfect. not an issue.
0: Definitely. And then I need to get. I think Lewis and I would be a good guests for you on your um, talking kit as well. To bring all of our kits over to you for a live podcast as well, and you could rank them. And that's how you're Maybe. going to close out the podcast for us. What would you rank my Galatasaray kit and Lewis's Chelsea
2: kit out of ten, personally? Out of ten. So <laughs> out of ten. Right. Well, how do you normally do it? So what, what we'll do is so you have 10 shirts, and what you do, so you you'll you'll look at the 10 shirts and you'll you'll rate them so your favorite to your least favorite, so one to ten. So the, mm. the shirt at number one gets 10 points down to the shirt at 10 would get one point. So the five of us all do that individually. I then calculate all the scores, and that gives you your final list of what has come number one. So you, you see people's different reactions to different shirts, what they look like. I love a shirt, you'll hate it. And, and it sort of reflects in, in your scorings and stuff like that. So, I mean, if there was, if you had to pick out of the two, uh, Lewis wins just for the fact it's obviously a classic shirt, and it's uh, <laughs> so I have to give him that. But I do like that Galatasaray shirt. I like the effect, and I do prefer Nike. Nike are a favourite uh, manufacturer shirt, So, um, I, I would give, I'm gonna give yours. I'd, I'd probably give yours about a six point five. Um, Louis, just for the fact it's It's a nice nice Chelsea yellow. It's also yeah nice, so it has to be up there, 100%. It's got that
0: Zola vibe to it. Mine has a Barack Hill vibe to it. So
2: Ryan (laughs) Babel when he was there,
0: which is is crazy to see um, as well. Um, But no, I love that. Um, I can't wait to get, um, hopefully, more foot golf with the both of you later this season as well. It'll be good. But no, um, for us this season as well, like I mentioned before, we are talking foot golf and playing foot golf because... My injury is almost at an end. So I'm, I'm nearly back to full fitness. So I'll be back to playing normal football. But I think I've mentioned it to Lewis as well. Um, I want to continue playing football. because it's, it's a nice pastime. It's a nice way of chatting and continuing with our mental health talk like we do on camera yeah. and off camera as well. It's very important to continue doing that as well, which Definitely. is great. Um, but realistically speaking, it's going to be a great season. We're going to be recording more content outdoors as well. In the, in the sunny spells of Manchester, whenever it starts to be sunny in Manchester, it's going to be great. Um, but I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to seeing more from the both of you this season as well it's going to be great but everyone thank you very much for listening everyone thank you very much for um, watching our latest football video as well I think we hit 100 views which is great and more to come and more to edit um, throughout the season as well which will be great thank you Lewis thank you AA it's been a pleasure Nice one, not very really appreciate it